And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's great, great to get everybody uh, back here and working. I, you saw how they competed out here. Uh, offense had some good snaps. Defense had some good snaps. And it went back and forth. And great, great energy. And so for this type of a camp without pads on, I mean, that's a, that's a great thing. It's also good to get the new guys uh, you know, let them feel the energy that's here with our fans and, uh, you know, the, the up-tempo from the OTAs uh, that, that you get in camp, so the competition. So I, I appreciate that. And then as far as Chris goes, we'll just see how things go here uh, down the road. Um, there had been communication. We'll see where it goes uh, from here, and, uh, and, and, you know, we'll... We'll take it. If you're not here, we just keep we just keep moving, and that's how that's how we roll. We don't worry a lot about that. We we let it let it take care of itself, and we got great people working working on that. So I'm not worried about that. All right, with that time, sure. It already felt like football was in the air. It really felt like football was on its way back when the rookies had reported. We were getting there pretty fast. But I tell you what, nothing, nothing made that whiplash of the first couple of days of veterans reporting to training camp hit us harder than it did, at least for me, when I saw, oh, huh, Chris Jones really isn't out here. And, oh, huh, the first practice hasn't actually started and Kadarius Tony has left the field with medical personnel. This is where St. Joe takes you, folks, or I guess doesn't take you if you are, in fact, Chris Jones. We talk about all that and a few more takeaways from the first 48 hours of everybody being there in St. Joseph, Missouri. That, of course, includes Nate Taylor. That doesn't include uh, Seth Kaiser. He's even further north. He's up in Minnesota, so I don't know what the uh, commute would be like, but it's only a little longer uh, on the drive, I think, Seth. But, Nate, it hasn't gotten oppressively hot, I don't think. It has gotten pretty busy pretty fast as uh, the Chiefs training camp has, has opened with a bang. It really has, um, and I don't... I don't mind it. Um, you know, I'm going to try to give as, as detailed information as I can over the next hour or so. But, yeah, um, it was a monsoon driving up there today on, on Monday, July 24th. Um, you know, the team started practice indoors. Then they did go outside so that fans didn't feel disappointed that they also came to St. Joseph for literally nothing. Um, so I, I applaud the team for giving everybody at least, you know, a little over an hour of, of a practice. But, yeah, uh, didn't sweat today. I mean, thank you, Lord. Uh, <laughs> you know, Sunday was Sunday was a real fun treat because it's like, okay, we really here. Like, the season has officially started. Hey, has anybody seen Kadarius? <laughs> Have you seen him? I, I see. Where Where'd he go? I definitely saw him take a punt. You saw him take a punt, right? He's catching punts back there. So that that's how we started. And um, if this is any indication of how camp's going to go, then then there's going to be plenty of talk about between now and August 17th, which is the day that everyone 
in the Chiefs organization has circled on their calendar the last day of training camp. And look, maybe Kadarius Tony has already circled that day on his calendar because I'm not sure he's going to practice between now and then. Oh, so, Seth, um, for me at least, and I think we're probably pretty closely aligned here, for me, there, there are no two players anywhere in the sport who I'm more excited to see on a field again than Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I think that's reasonable. Um, I think next up on that list for me might be Chris Jones and Kadarius Tony. You, um, checking my notes here, it appears you have spent some time over the years discussing Chris Jones and his appropriate value, trying to make it make sense to a fan base that doesn't always appreciate it. Um, Seth, how you doing, bud? You know... I was just doing a little math in my head here. Mm-hmm. From July 21st of 2023, of course, there's a lovely little site called Days Between Dates. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the way it's the way I fire off my, it has been such and such days since the Broncos beat the Chiefs, which, by the way, is due soon. It's been oh, a yeah. lot of days as a preview. It's been so long. Every time it gets funnier and funnier that, like, I think Iron Man was the only MCU movie that was out. <laughs> like, this was this was nearly two full presidential terms ago, man. <laughs> like That was an entire Robert Downey Jr. career ago. I didn't have this job then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was... Maybe on Twitter, like I was, I was live tweeting stuff from Arrowhead Pride. I don't know, but anyway, so days between dates tells us uh, July twenty first, twenty twenty three to August seventeenth of twenty twenty three is twenty eight days. Um, twenty eight times fifty thousand is a whopping one point four million dollars. And so. <laughs> I, I've had a lot of people that are in my mentions that want to know where I stand on the Chris Jones thing. I actually wrote a little bit on it right now. The article that I wrote today started off with football in all caps with like 20 exclamation points. Um, I'm curious how that sounded on the app. Yes. Great question, Seth. Uh, I'm, I, I really enjoy listening to the chief of the North newsletters. I'm driving to her from the radio station. And so today I saw that's how it opened. Then I hit play and the AI voice lady just went football <laughs> and then went on to the rest of so <laughs> I went on I, the rest of the story. I got to learn how to record these so I can be like football. You know? <laughs> no, it was it was also kind of perfect. Yeah. So one thing that I wrote um, when I'm talking about things that matter and things that don't matter in training camp, which is something I try to write about every year, um, and I try to kind of reinvent it, rehash it to you know um, utilize current stories. And one thing that I wrote: things that don't usually matter. Early contract posturing. So far, that's all we have going on is some contract posturing. I'm not freaking out. If we get to like, I don't know, let's say August. When's the first preseason game? I only I only have only my mind is only going to August 13th. 14th? And I was hoping Seth would have you, or that Nate would have you covered there, Seth, just so I could do this. By Seth Kaiser. Football. 
That's how it opens. Well, sort of. Oh, man. The AI comedically timed that better than I ever could have. Yeah, I don't oh. think you need to record these. I think she's doing a great job. Okay, so, just, just... August 13th. Yeah, thank yep. you. Thank you. August so, 13th. here's the deal. If we get to that first preseason game and he's not signed, and it's the second preseason game. That's when I'm going to panic. Um, because that means he skipped the entirety of training camp, cost himself $1.4 which makes it a little harder because he's going to want to make that money back. And that does, you know what I mean? It just, it's problematic. But right now, this is a hard contract negotiation because both sides have leverage. And NFL teams, especially the Chiefs, aren't entirely used to both sides having leverage. Um, and you know, like you could, well, Patrick Mahomes had all the leverage, so that wasn't really a both sides have leverage. That was a, Hey, uh, Lee, can we do something weird and groundbreaking? You know what I mean? Like, and it was both just, sides were creative, but yeah. Patrick Mahomes had the leverage. Yes. That was like, had Patrick Mahomes just told the, the chiefs, Hey, I'm only going to do 45 million a year and you need to guarantee every red cent. They 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 would have tagged him a couple years. Like they would have let the contract play itself out. But there's really no hardball there. So this is different because the Chiefs have the usual leverage that teams have. But Chris Jones has leverage of being one of the best five defensive players in the world, still under 30 and beloved. Well, we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how long that lasts. Fans have a tendency to turn on people during contract stuff. They did it to him last time. Then he signed and suddenly he was great again, but whatever. But he also has the leverage of this is not April. This is not like this, like the 2023 season. When I wrote about like the most important chiefs for them to repeat this year, Chris Jones came in at number three and on 99% of teams, he'd have been number two. It's just crap. Travis Kelsey exists. And you take him out of that lineup. Who's the dude taking this snaps right now? Something wise? Uh, Daniel Wise, yeah. Look, KU legend. I do this for a living. Well, it's my second job. You do and this for a second living. I had to... <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. That, that was really funny. <laughs> um, and I was like... When I saw that tweet, it was like, oh, Daniel Wise took the snaps. My reaction was, huh? Like, because they want a who to play. You were like, Daniel, why? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Not nice. I'm I'm going to beat my own. And, and I'm sure on. he'll be fine. I, 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 You know, Cullen does good things. Spags does good things. But there's no one like Chris Jones. Like, there's no one that's 80% of Chris Jones unless, like, you convinced DeForest Buckner to put on a jersey that says wise and line up right there. Like, that's – so he has leverage, too. And the Chiefs have done things the way that they've done things with guys that are hitting, you know, 29-ish. So I, I'm nervous a little, but right now I think this is just posturing and we're seeing more of it because the team is usually pretty tight-lipped about this kind of stuff. We're seeing a little more of it than we normally would because this is a unique situation. It's a defensive player of the year candidate. It's a guy with a ton of leverage. It's a guy that putting the franchise tag on him next year is not, it's doable. It's less than ideal though. Cause what, it'd be like 33 and a half, something pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, it's 33 million. Um, yeah. Just basically, you, you might as well just say 33 million fully guaranteed. Cause right. of course, based on the position he plays, 
similar to Orlando Brown. Guess what? Orlando Brown got all 16.1 of those million dollars for 17 games of service. Yep. And that's, I mean, and that, so that's, it, 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 that's the leverage the team has, right? And look, man, we can franchise tag you. And so, you know, what are we really doing here? Um, but obvi- honestly, if they had to franchise tag them, you got to wonder if that would end with like a tag and trade. So the team has some options, but uh, that, that's yes. why you're seeing. Yes. Uh, you commit a franchise tag to a player of that, to that degree before free agency starts, in essence. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. What, you got to trade what, what what money you got to to go spending with? Yep, and that's that's the problem with the franchise tag, right? It just plops it all down right there. It's so, diabolical. Yep, the teams have options. The team has options, but they're not all ideal. And Jones has options, but they're not all ideal. So you're gonna see more posturing right now. I would bet my second living <laughs> that the leaks we're currently seeing. Come from Chris Jones' side. Oh, they're really far apart. Oh, they were kind of optimistic they'd get the job done. Palmer sounded like maybe it was from the team, but I don't know. But, like, that, this stuff happens. So that's what I'm telling Chiefs fans right now. I'm not – I am totally relaxed, as my 10-minute diatribe has shown. I'm not at all worried yet. Because if they can't get this done with him, that like, if go back and watch – last year's season yeah and situationally chris jones is a big 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 deal like they do not they don't beat cincinnati without chris jones correct and and like you can say oh well they could trade him for some good players whatever i gotta tell you unless you got a chris jones there i don't i don't know so i'm not panicking yet but in august i will yeah the the issue, Josh, is Josh. Do the Chiefs have a premier edge rusher? Um, I would say not by a traditional NFL standards. Despite, <laughs> despite you know a good solid end of the season by George Karloftis, uh, I like Charles Minnie. I would say no. I would say no. Yeah, that that's my assessment as well. So if you don't have a premier pass rusher coming off the edge, the next best thing is a complete utter mismatch wreaking havoc in the middle. Um, and that's what they have on contract or under contract, I should say right now. Um, but he needs a new contract. Uh, the two things I would say, actually, I'm going to say three things really quickly for, for both of you fellas and our audience. One, everybody needs to get used to the idea and the actuality here in the near future that the NFL will have a $30 million, like premier edge rusher. Oh I yeah, guess, premier pass rusher player. Um, it's gonna happen. Hell, it's already happened. Um, so even though Chris is asking for thirty, which I need to be clear, in terms of you know, uh, journalism one on one, like this is this is the reporting I have. He's asking, not demanding, but just asking that. Hey, can we do thirty? Uh. Because he wants to be as close to Aaron Donald as possible, uh, which I've reported throughout this entire offseason that he at least wants to be the second highest paid player. Understanding that to get to thirty one, that is that that's asking a lot from the Chiefs to to match or to surpass. 
So everybody needs to get used to the idea that Nick Bosa's making thirty million, guys. It just hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Second is, I would get concerned if Chris misses the first preseason game because if that happens, Andy Reid will be furious, which makes negotiating that much harder for everyone involved. And then thirdly, Josh, are they trying to win the Super Bowl? It sure seems that way, Nate. (laughs) So so let me get this right, Josh. If they're trying to win the Super Bowl, sir, kind of need your best player on defense, right? I would sure think so. Kinda, That's what I would advise them. Kind of need, kind of need him committed to the plan, right? Love to have that. Love to have him locked in. Yeah, you, you, you would, you would kind of need him motivated, incentivized. You might add to to be a leader, to be the number one guy, the number one stunner uh, for the defense, right? Right? Because because remind me again, they, they, you know, I love I love Kevin Clark from the Ringer. We talk about this every year when I see him at training camp. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm going to give him a big hug. And me and Kevin Clark literally do this every training camp. All right. Tell me how many teams are trying to win the Super Bowl. I think last year we argued between six and seven. Hmm. But, Josh, you telling me for a fact the Chiefs are trying to win the Super Bowl, right? I don't know how long that list is. I do know the Chiefs are on that list. Yes, sir. Okay. Those are my three things. Oof. Unless you think Charles Amenahu is an interior pass rush star that wasn't quite fully unlocked in San Francisco, he can't replace what Jones does in even a... Like, he can better than anyone they had last year, I think. But you can't replace... It really is very similar. It's a longer conversation than it would be for almost any other player to saying, how do you replace Travis Kelsey? And the correct answer is, you can't. And that's where people... I I just... It's just a little bit of a different conversation than the Tyreek Hill conversation because there's no Mahomes on the defense unless you're thinking, well, that's kind of Chris Jones. So I I don't know. It's just there There really is. The Chiefs are – it seems like they're trying to balance out the, the perennial contender thing with being smart long-term. And this just – it's a tough one. This is why there's posturing right now because this is a tough one. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer here. Right. I – I I like the point that you made, Seth, where both sides have leverage here because both sides have, so to speak, money in the bank in terms of what you have accomplished, what you can show your worth to be here. If you're Chris Jones, if you're the Chiefs, you can say, hey, man, I saw you at the ESPYs talking about how the key to life is to find yourself a Patrick Mahomes and a Travis Kelsey and the rest to take care of itself. Like, I, I, we were there for that, you know. Mm -hmm. The idea that that Chris Jones loves the team and the coaching staff and doesn't want to be a lion is pretty evident to me. <laughs> the fact that that Brett Veach and Clark Hunt, who so adorably claimed that he doesn't have anything to do with this, I, that was the... Nay, I don't know what your facial expression was like on Sunday when Clark said he just lets uh, Andy Reid and 
Uh, Brett Veach handle all that. Like that man is not the chair of the NFL's financial committee. Right? Uh, okay, I mean, okay, real quick, real quick, homie. What? Come on, dog. I'm glad come that on. you at least are also there. Come on, like, come on, dude. Come on. Now I can't do this while he's talking during the press conference. <laughs> come on, dog. What if you want him? What if come you want him just cracked up like he had delivered a, a legit just gut buster? Look, look, I know they gotta prepare you. I know you gotta be willing to like. By the way. <laughs> You it were would one have of been the like most Mark Donovan being up there his presser being like, you know, the Royal Stadium, I really haven't heard anything about it one way or the other. Um, we'll figure our thing out. Sorry, kid, for the octaves, but come on, man. Come on. <laughs> come the hell on. Now I'm mostly doing this in a jokey manner because like it's so patently ridiculous. But I did love like you should have saw Mike. It was mostly out of like he didn't do what he just did, did he? Oh, <laughs> it, it just reminds me of John Starks and the Reggie Miller versus Knicks 30 for 30. He didn't do what he just did, did he? Oh, uh, sounded like John Starks. Um, but no, it was hilarious because, as I've said before, uh, Clark Hunt is one of the most respected, um, even keel, smart, um, truly of football family in the NFL. There's not that many people like Clark Hunt, uh, which obviously is a benefit to the Chiefs. Um, but come on, dog. No, not like this. Not like this. Not like you, you, you've been in the room making real points on collective bargaining agreements, on how to make the game better, how to get this money up, as the kids say. Like, you you wanted it, you wanted the guys. So don't come here while I'm sweating my you know what's off <laughs> that you're not involved. Somebody must have given him Steve Spagnolo's uh, script by accident. Like just be like, I mean, <laughs> how So <laughs> like so okay, I don't know how many people listen who are interested in going into journalism or want to know truly how the sausage is made or this you know, the strategy of how we do our jobs. Look, you know, we we only get everybody's busy. So I understand that um, everybody's busy, and so we only get so many opportunities to talk to people in a public manner. Um, yesterday, as tradition, Clark usually talks on the opening day of the first full-team practice. Um, so he honored his commitment uh, based on what is his normal you know, setup year in, year out. Again, appreciate him for doing it. Um, so when this happens, ladies and gentlemen, you got to be like, okay. I'm still actively listening. I'm going to taper down the, the <coughs> remove the emotion. Let me catch my breath. Let me understand what he just said that I was actively listening to. That is patently ridiculous. And Josh, you know how this works. Let him, let him go around the bases. Yep. <laughs> that, that question is, hey, you on first base. How about that, baby? Hey, you on second base now. All right, what, do you, what makes you excited about Kip? Yeah. Third base. Why do you love right. St. Joe so much? Round in that corner. Yep, let's bring him home, baby. Let's bring him home. And then I give that, I, I give that, you know what? All right. You went around the bases, you scored, you did your thing. Hey, dog, ain't nobody on the team right now the highest paid player at their position. Your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> let's get some real philosophy or your approach. Or I don't know your finances, how you how you feel now, because of course I know, and I pretty much knew then, like, hey, I, I 
you know, and I obviously have to report some things um, after the availability. But, yeah, like, I get the sense that, like, you know, Chris wants to be close to Aaron Donald. That basically means you are very close to being the highest paid player at your position. The only player who can say that right now on the roster is Travis Kelsey. To Seth's point, I think Chris Jones is just as important as Travis Kelsey. So, Clark, your thoughts on highest paid player, does that come into account? Is this a philosophy or is this, like, you know, based on the circumstances of that individual at that particular time? You know what I heard, Josh? Mm. We ain't about that. Mm-hmm. I heard we ain't about that. And does he play quarterback? <laughs> that's mostly what I got out of the quote. I can read, I mean, if you want to go to the athletic and read the quote, it's a really fascinating answer that he gave because, um, again, like you want to give the opportunity to get some as best honesty while knowing to, to what we said earlier, like obviously they're in a negotiation period. So you want to give out everything. I, I understand that. Um, but also what I heard was not weighing about that. I'm sorry. Do you, do you throw touchdowns? Then yeah, we ain't weighing about that. Even the tight end know that. Even in, and, the and, greatest tight end he ever. he's going in the Hall of Fame. He's going in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, yeah. like, nah, dog. Nah. So, hey, there you have it. But thank you for mentioning that That Clark was like, I ain't got nothing to do with that. That's Andy. That's Brett. Who signed the checks again? Yeah, I ain't got nothing to do with that, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't set the budget for cash spending at all. <laughs> at all. I, I don't even at know all. who does that. We should probably have someone who's in charge of that. I, I see. I'm allowed to. Maybe this isn't a decorum thing. I have a thing for people talking to me like I'm stupid. Which, to be fair, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But I'm smart enough to know, like, oh, I have nothing to do with that. Seth, like, Seth, Clark, Seth, you are <laughs> Seth. You are plenty smart. Okay, and I need you to remember. I need you to put on your thinking cap, and I need you to look in the self confidence mirror and remember how smart you are. I am pretty smart. Um, so. I just like I thought like, that might backfire and I, instead I think I just accidentally gave you a nice little ego boost. Like, yeah, hey, you know what? I am pretty smart. Josh, hang on, the smart guy's talking. <laughs> I <laughs> I just like I hate stuff like that. I understand trying to keep like the mystique of things and whatever, but it's just like it's insulting. It is what it is. I I I'm really not against the team in this or against Jones in this because Jones has every right to ask for 30 mil a year based on what he's done and what he's projected to do moving forward. Cause it's not like if he were 31, I'd be like, uh, you know, that drop off is like right around the corner as things currently stand. The drop off is likely at the soonest two years from now. So let's let's follow that little path then, because that's that's more or less like what we've heard. Nate asked Andy Reid if he was surprised. He said he was. I don't know if you want to weave any more of that into it at all, Nate. But I do want to know from both of you guys if if this issue is hitting around that thirty-ish year, thirty-ish uh, million dollar per year average annual value, like Nate's reported. You can read that story up in the Athletic right now. Um, or if there ends up being talk of where the guarantees land, the years for a player who is now twenty-nine years old, where. Where should the Chiefs be willing to draw the line? Where should Chris Jones be willing to say, all right, that's good enough for me, which is a hard thing to do for an individual player and their money. But I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very, very interested to hear what you guys think is is reasonable as as next steps. Um, If it's posturing like, like Seth says, um, then I think naturally, as I've 
said before, there will be a $30 million rusher not named Aaron Donald pretty soon. Um, the Chiefs would probably feel really good at 27. And I think 28's reasonable. Hell, I know 30's reasonable because I just saw it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, I think something that fans need to realize too is like, man, Aaron Donald, like, dog, like, and I get it. I saw the tape. Only one man on this earth has ever forced Patrick Mahomes to fumble the ball twice hmm. in the same game. And it was the greatest non-sexual football experience of my <laughs> life. What? You know what? No, I don't. What? No, no. Seth, that, uh, that Nate just said something that begs a follow-up question that neither of us have the guts to ask. But with that said, that ain't Aaron. Aaron Donald, this ain't 2018, okay? 2018 Aaron Donald is all galaxy, okay? But it's 2023, and there is already an argument that is being made to the Chiefs. Chris Jones is better than Aaron Donald right now, and he will be better than Aaron Donald this season. He will be better than Aaron Donald next season. Um, mm-hmm. So... Which we all kind of with agree all, with, right? Like we do all agree with that case. Unless, I mean, unless Aaron Donald comes back in like rare 2019, 2024. Right. Fair. I right. mean, and, and, and that's look. what he'd have to reach to be better than what Jones is right now. Right. Because Jones is better than Quinn and Williams. He's better than Jeffrey Simmons. He's better than Deron Payne. He's better than Dexter Lawrence. And those guys are all really, really, really good. Yeah, so I think 28 would be my guess because then both parties win. Chris will still be, um, you know, of the guys who are current right now, he'd still be, again, at least the second highest paid uh, defensive tackle. That, that's that been sort of the, you know, I reported that at the combine and nothing's really changed from that. Um, you know, so on one end, Chris and, and his representation win. On the Chiefs, hey, He's not a $30 million player. And if he's 27 or 28 million, um, maybe we can stretch it a little bit in that third year to mm-hmm. where we have a little bit more flexibility with our salary cap, obviously with the cap projected to rise in the next two to three years, as it usually does, then that gives us a little bit more space to operate with um, some of our own players or what we might need in free agency. Yeah. I, I, I think really trying to formulate one of the things that makes it hard here, I think, and I could be wrong, is the fact that he's 29 instead of 28. Because if he were 28, I think you can have a really serious conversation about a fourth year. And every year that you can add on to a contract allows for more flexibility, right? And you just have to gauge what your exposure is as the team in that fourth year. And as a player, you have to ask yourself, how real is that fourth year? It's like, you know, the fourth or fifth year, whatever it is, of Tyree Kill's contract. That's not real. It's It's... It's funny money, right? And now maybe if you're the team, you ask Jones, like, okay, you want thirty million per year? Sure, we'll give you a four-year hundred and you know uh, a four-year hundred and twenty million dollar contract, but the last year is going to be pretend. And I don't think the Katz brothers are about that life, is my guess. But I mean, there's things you can do here. It's just you know what? Where I end up frustrated with these conversations. 
is, and I understand that you can die a death by a thousand paper cuts if you do this with every single negotiation, so you can't live this way. But it is funny to me how it's like, you know, oh, we can do 28 million. Oh, okay, well, what about two million? Oh, whoa, 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 that is untenable, it's impossible. Like, I've always found that to be one of the most ridiculous things about positional bargaining in any, um, in any, in any field. And this one is one of them. Where it's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we, I mean, yeah, you're worth 28, maybe 29, but that extra million a year, man, you know, that that extra Clyde Edwards-Alaire contract per year is just too much. Can't do it. Now, I get it. You can't do that with every contract because it gets ridiculous because that million can matter here and there. But I, I just, man, I, for someone who's, who's not panicking, I got to tell you, I'm coming across very panicky about all of this. <laughs> I, and oh. so... I'm just, I'm looking at all the other contracts because there's certain things you can do. Like, well, is the average per year the most important thing? What about the total guarantees? We'll guarantee, you know, one thing you have with Chris Jones, and this is something he has for him in negotiations, is remarkable consistency. I've had a few people, because this is what always happens when there's a, a contract issue. You know, I had someone share with me like, well, guess which years were his contract years? And like trying to show me that like 2018, and last year were his best years with sack numbers. And neither of those were contract years for one thing. And I was like, um, 2020 and 2023. Like, I was like, well, I don't even know what you're trying to say here. But he's been, when you look at win rate and pressures, the things that are predictive and the things that impact games even more than, like, more consistently than sacks, right? Because your sack numbers, and we've done this a million times, they change based on your surroundings, right? Last year, the overall pass rush got better around Jones. So some of those hits turned into sacks. That's how it works. But he's been so consistent for years. And he has that going for him. And also, he was so consistent after a payday. Like, this isn't a guy you have to wonder. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yep. well, what might he do? And so I, I just, there's there, both, both sides have a lot of leverage. And that makes for really hard negotiations. <laughs> But fortunately, the Chiefs wide receiver room looks set. So no matter what happens, I think it's going to be fine. Um, last thing for me on the Chris Jones situation is, before we get to receivers, is the interpersonal. Yeah. I mean, the interpersonal matters, guys. Well, um, and, I, and I don't know if anybody has said this publicly, um, but I, I, I'm going to say it here because obviously I, you know, we love our listeners. Um if they don't pay Chris Jones, what does that say to the rest of the guys on defense? That unless you switch positions, play quarterback, and Patrick Mahomes retires early and you absorb his powers, you will never be paid. Yeah. This it's, is and it's and it's not a and I Or there's there's no there is no reward at the very, very mountaintop at least. Yes, because there's literally right. nothing Chris Jones could have done to earn this payday more unless yes. he would have grown an extra pair of arms. Right. So I, I know that the Chiefs are calculating that as well. Like that that's a calculated part of this because he's their leader. It's definitive. It it was fascinating yesterday to talk to Justin Reed and be like, no, I haven't talked to Chris. He's a leader. <laughs> what what do I need to talk to him about? Like he's going to lead us. Um, that's and that so matters. All, yes. And so all those guys are waiting on his arrival. And all those guys are waiting on him to be the leader. You know, it was Frank and Chris. You know, it was Frank and Tyron at, at a certain point in time. Now it's just Chris. 
Chris is the undisputed leader with the help and the assistance of Justin Reed and Nick Bolton. Mm-hmm. So, if this thing gets wonky, that locker room, I you know, that that will be that will be a cumulative effect that I'm not sure you can calculate if you don't get this done right because there are a lot of younger, talented players on that defense, and Chris is an inspiration. And they all feel like he deserves to be their leader and deserves to be paid as such. Right. Oh, and something to get out of the way right here for fans. And the 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 Kelsey Brothers podcast has helped with this, as well as some of the behind-the-scenes things that we're starting to see more and more. If you think for a second that, like, players in the locker room are mad at Chris or think he should take a team-friendly deal, you're wrong. That is not, it's like, well, Mahomes left a little meat on the bone. You know, he probably wants to, that is not how these guys view this. Every one of these guys has seen the business side of this. And they also, they, they root for people to get paid. That was so much fun, like listening to, to the Kelsey brothers talk about different guys that got paid. And they're like, oh, man, stunk that we lost him, but I'm so happy for him. Seeing him <laughs> like when, uh, yeah. It was when, uh, when, when Jason Kelsey was talking about like Hargrave and a few other guys they lost. They're like, yeah, he got the bag. I'm thrilled for him. Like, because they understand that these are people and they understand like the implications of that. But I, I do think that's a really good point, Nate, in terms of the message it sends to the locker room. Now, he got that first contract, right? So, or the second contract, I guess I would say, right? Mm-hmm. But but you're basically telling players is you you no matter who you are, you have an expiration date on the Chiefs' defense, and that expiration date is thirty. Like yeah. if you yeah. can't get it done with Chris Jones, it's team friendly or you're or you're done. And that's a weird message to send. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, um, yeah, I feel actually worse now than I did 35 minutes ago, but I hope that <laughs> I don't necessarily feel worse about it getting done. It feels like there's just a lot riding on it. Um, oh. and, and hopefully we'll have a show pretty soon where we can talk about there being at least some substantial movement there. Uh, let's go to the second thing of the day today. Once again, Nate, I'm excited to just sort of hear what it was like in the tent, but let me try to get everybody caught up on the order of operations. So Sunday is the first day of full team, full veterans reported training camp, and Kadarius Tony is fielding some punts before practice officially starts and uh, tweaks his knee. So he leaves, no more practice. We have this sort of ongoing question of, all right, when are we going to see Kadarius Tony? Travis Kelsey gets to the podium and he's asked, I don't know what you guys knew, Nate. I don't know. I don't remember who asked this question and I don't know who was who who was throwing the hook out there. So I don't know if you're efficient or not. But someone asks about being out here without Kadarius Tony. And Kelsey replies to that question with this part as an exact quote of, of part of his longer answer. We got all the confidence in the world in our training staff here to get him ready either by season or early on in the season. We were carrying that live on A10. I was in the big chair today. That phrase got said. I looked up, made eye contact with Dylan on the other side of the glass, and my eyes must have been the size of dinner plates because that sounded like something we hadn't heard about yet. Well, then uh, follow that up with at about one o'clock today, Adam Schefter tweets, Chiefs wide receiver Kadarius Tony, who underwent an offseason cleanup procedure on his knee, aggravated the injury Sunday while fielding a punt and is expected to miss some time during training camp, but be ready for the start of the regular season per league source. Another new bit of information in there. I don't think I had heard unless maybe it could have it come out when I was in Europe. Honestly, I may have missed it, but I don't remember hearing anything about an offseason procedure. And then yep. Kadarius Tony tweets um, first yesterday, quote tweeting that little clip we talked about some last week of Julie Freimeyer um, tearing up after the Super Bowl, the part of the Chiefs training staff, and you know did a lot of that work with Mahomes throughout the playoffs. Kadarius Tony quote tweets that video with "Trust her with my life," which now I'm I already made a joke about her needing to put up wilt numbers this year, but I I mean now she got <laughs> now she got to save Kadarius Tony's life, I guess, which is a lot of pressure on Julie. Uh, and after the Schefter report, Tony tweets, report slightly wrong, but I'll definitely be back soon. Love you, Chiefs Kingdom. So, well, at least Daniel. injury recovery will give him time to catch up on the DMs. So <laughs> he can go through those. <sighs> um, where where do I start? Menace, man. 
You're I've a been watching head. a lot of Norm Macdonald on YouTube lately. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Um. Whew. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Uh, Listen to Nate preserve his career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a lot. Also, I, I, just because I'm the one that put my foot in my mouth there. You didn't I'll, put your I'll foot in your like mouth. You seconds. made a funny joke. Yeah. <sighs> no, I, I really wanted to keep going with it, but I was like, ah, no, I'm no norm. There is no other norm. So the thing with Kelsey was funny to me just because, like, I'm really curious what happened after that. Like... Some version of like, are you freaking kidding me, Trav? Like, what? Why? Why would you say that to them? Why? Why would you say that to them, Travis? And like, I, I don't know, coach. <laughs> like, I, you can almost like picture like, I, I really don't know why I said that. I don't know what the. I was is. just, I was just trying to be honest, coach. I mean, they yeah. asked me a question. Um, uh, gotta give credit, uh, first. Uh, that is that was Adam Teicher of ESPN. Fantastic, a true professional. Had, yes, true professional who asked. Um, Travis, hey, what are you missing with without Kadarius? You know, at least, and it's funny how the question was phrased. Um, but he's like, what are you missing so far into camp without Kadarius on the field? With you know, with the rest of the other ten to eleven guys, obviously with the reps, and that's where Travis Kelsey just took it. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, now I gotta like sort of speculate here. So this is all speculation. Um, but I guess, you know, cause Travis just came right off the field, um, uh, after practice, you know, we usually, especially in training camp, we talk to the guys pretty quickly after practice ends, which is different than the regular season where they have a, a mm. some time. And obviously we Good find call. them in the lock and we find them in the locker room, um, or there's a time set up, you know, for, for interviews. Um, so this is a little bit different. So he, he's coming off the, the practice field, you know, he's talking to us pretty quickly after, you know, coach sort of, or whoever breaks it down. Um, so I think that's an element of it too. And I guess I must, you have to speculate that he either had to talk to Kadarius right before today's practice on Monday, July 24th, or he was, or he learned of Kadarius' situation yesterday uh, after Sunday's practice, uh, the day that Kadarius uh, tweaked his knee. So, you know, when coach says tweak knee, a lot of us are like, all right, that's about a week, you know, no, no need to push it. Give him, a, give him a few days, you know? You get an off day in between, come back to practice, maybe do some individual stuff. That's about a week before you're kind of up and running again. Um, and then with what Travis said today, um, Coach, uh, okay, I guess there's a bigger range on what tweet knee means. Um, and, of course, I didn't I didn't know about the procedure. Um, that that was not public before today with, uh, with Adam uh, Schefter. So my understanding is, is that uh, the Chiefs are pretty confident that Kadarius Tony will be available for the season opener against the Detroit Lions. The question now is, A, will he have any practice time in training camp at Missouri Western State University, um, which I would probably lean towards no, because they're going to be cautious. Um, and then how much practice time after camp will he have uh, to get prepared um, for the regular season opener, and that uh, no one knows at this point. He's gonna he's gonna get to the end of this season. He'll have two Super Bowl rings and two full minutes of Chiefs training camp practice. Like that's where we're about to be for Carius Tony. Like that's it's just absolutely wild to me. It, uh, the second Super Bowl ring, of course, is uh, yeah tongue in cheek prediction, but 
I I don't even know if it's worth us trying to navigate how we should feel about him maybe just being out for the remainder of training camp because that's a big deal, right? I mean, for all of the talk we we always spend the, the time we always spend talking about an Andy Reid training camp and all of that. If there's anything good to be gained from it, not being able to participate should be should be a a, a, a mark against you, right? Like that's that's not good. Beyond that, I am interested to hear what you guys think about the receiving core minus Tony, whatever that ends up shaping up. But how does it make you feel, Seth? Tony out day one. Maybe we'll see him by week one. That's a that's a hell of a parking break to be thrown on the hype train. It's it's hard to not view it in like the sum of the parts, you know, like it's not like he came here and was healthy last year and then suddenly got hurt. Um I mean, he, at every stage, as a chief, so far, he's gotten hurt, and fairly quickly, right? I mean, he, he he got hurt relatively quickly after first arriving. He got hurt relatively quickly in the playoffs. He got, I, and this is just, and, 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 and who knows whether it's just really terrible temporary bad luck or a pattern, but that's a bummer. I'm officially in, well... Here's hoping all the nice things they're saying about Sky Moore is true and Rasheed Rice can catch on a little quicker than normal. Because that's actually something that's kind of funny in all of this, to me at least, is that if the Chiefs are right about Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, and, and who's to say it, right? It's hard to get it right on two, on even one prospect out of two, let alone both of them. If they're right about those guys, let's say both of them, it actually doesn't really matter that much what happens with Tony. <laughs> that's the funny thing to me. If they're wrong, it matters a lot. And that's, uh, there's a reason I ranked Marquez Valdez-Scantling as one of the most, like, 10 most important Chiefs. Because wide receiver room is just, it's, it's, it's less than ideal in terms of proven guys. And seeing Tony get hurt again so quickly, I've basically resigned myself to the idea that he'll play like eight to 10 games. And that's not fair to him, but you know, life's not fair. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say. You know, yeah, it, you know, Seth, not every to, stage, not to nitpick you. It's not nice, but it's fair. That's a better way of saying it. Yeah. It's not nice, but it is fair. We, we, all we can do when making projections for anything, right. Is take, the best available evidence that we have. And injuries are weird. They're fluky. They're not, I mean, it's hard to say. But it's not, again, it's not like he came to Kansas City and tore his ACL one time, right? It's not like he had one recurring injury. Like, he got nicked up in a few different ways. You had the hammy, you had the knee, you had the, like, it's just not, it's definitely, yeah, fair is the correct word based on everything we've seen right now and the first year and a half of his pro career, he has had a problem staying healthy. And it genuinely makes you ask if he's doing everything he can. And again, I'm not saying the answer is no. I have no idea what the answer is. But it makes you a lot less optimistic about the idea that he could he's going to play a full season, especially with any kind of heavy snap count. Yeah, that, that that's the thing to me is that I, I, I do think that it – really shine some light on how fragilely I was holding on to my belief that he was going to play 15 or 16 games um, because that's just completely dust now. I just, just totally, totally evaporated 
which might be silly to do off of a thing from the first day of training camp, but it sounds like it's also going to be very likely his last day of training camp. And so betting on his durability has, has been a losing battle. And you and I are saying this, Seth, as someone, as two people who once we got Nate to, you know, get out of here and stop being such a hater. I think we put Kadarius Tony straight into Canton over one of the episodes we did about <laughs> Nate with us. Like, I, it was as it, this, this, let me see if this is, let me, let me think about it for just a second. But I think this might be the, the fastest, the hardest whiplash I've ever gotten from excitement to a player to completely just needing to put it off to the side. Uh, because I, I am absolutely, absolutely enamored by his skill set, absolutely enamored by him in this offense. Don't think it's smart anymore for me to bet on his health. Um, would, the second we can see it, I'll be there. I also, and not to, not as this is not a direct response to you wondering, Seth, if he's been doing all the things that he needs to be doing from a training perspective. Weirdly to me, this is like the Adalberto Mondesi lesson that I learned. Oh, I'm man. sorry, Royals fans. I'm sorry. Um, but but and actually, I promise I'm not going. I'm not making Kadarius Tony Adalberto Mondesi, and I'm, I'm probably not going where most Royals fans think I'm going right now. I I really want to always be careful to not make health a character trait, or 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 injury to be a character flaw because these sports are hard. People's bodies eventually like just stuff happens. But also, I would love for everyone to be on that Patrick Mahomes, like, dual joint, extra joint program. That'd be fantastic. I'm fully in favor mm. of that. I just, in general, ha- try to catch myself before guys who are hurt a lot become... that. It, it, eventually, with Mondesi, it felt like it got personal. Like, people were personally angry at him for always being hurt. And there were still there was still room to ask questions about, like, what he was playing through that he may or maybe could or couldn't actually play through. Those are fair questions. I just, I didn't like the tone that ended up taking. So I try to keep that in mind still now. And I am also just like very, my, my, my punch bowl has been fully urinated in at this point and I am no longer drinking. Well, on that note, um, they haven't haven't played any games yet. No. Uh, Josh, no, uh, I, I hope he it's really good. unfortunate that they're going to go zero and seventeen. Josh and I have like, wait, man, <laughs> we we really have whiplashes. We got too optimistic without you, Nate. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's okay. The summer is for optimism. I mean, hey, um, guys. Speaking of the summers for optimism, I guess we got to watch that Barbie movie. The Barbie movie is more oh. optimistic based on what I heard. We we successfully pulled off the Barbieheimer over uh, over a couple of days stretch. Didn't do it all in one day. Both Oppenheimer and Barbie are both completely excellent and in outrageously different ways. I was tickled by both of them. Tickle is the wrong word for out. I was tickled by Barbie. I was impressed by Oppenheimer. And Asteroid City is still my favorite movie of the year. There's my movie take for you. Ooh, that's right. That's right. We talked about that. Yes. Um, I think Wednesday, me and the me and the lovely wife are gonna do the pink thing and you know dress up and. See this, see the, see the movie, see the movie. You know, it's one thing to keep up with the week to week grind of Bachelorettes. It's uh, <laughs> it's another thing to keep up with. Wait, well, there's a new thing. Now I feel now I, now I get what Holly says. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's a new. Yeah, there's a documentary. How how, <laughs> how long is it? It's uh, it's eight hours, baby. What? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I gotta do this for work. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, shh, 
sure. <laughs> but hey, we fell in love with the Kirk Cousins family. Um, yeah. It, 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 so yeah, Wednesday night, uh, babysitter to watch Barbie. Um, what a time! What a world am I living in? Oh, uh, but they, you know, hey, there's still a whole week, there's still a whole month before they play the Lions. Uh, I think, I think. There's a chance that maybe, and this is only two days in, so I'm a gotta couch it real hard. I'm sitting on the couch, but there might be a chance that she rice is is nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a highlight where Trent McDuffie is in the hip, and Pat just throws. I mean, sometimes you're like, I gotta remove myself from the most talented quarterback in this equation, but sometimes you look at it and you go. It's a perfect pass. But hey, he might do that in the game. He's uh he's got a reputation of doing such in, in such games. And even with a perfect pass, that is just past the outstretched arm of Trip McDuffie. Rashi Rice is there. And he makes the catch. And you say, hey, if he can do that in the game, if he can do that in the pads, she rice might be nice. Mm. So maybe there's some optimism, you know. Um, Richie James, uh, I mean, it's tough. They, they have not put the pads on guys. I mean, it, it's hard. Uh, but without the pads, Richie Rice looks like a all-star. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. They, the good thing is they have, they can throw numbers at the position already. Um, you know, Justin Ross is obviously taking reps with the first team. That's a really encouraging sign. Um, I don't feel like he's say made. That, say that again. Hey, Nate, say that again. Hey, say that, say that again. Uh, yeah, Justin Ross on day one of, of training camp with the full team. Once Kadarius Tony was not available, kind of like a – it was weird. You almost look at it like a game. You're like, oh, so if Kadarius Tony went down on the first drive, they threw Justin Ross – or excuse me, they threw Justin Ross out there. With, with 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 the ones, Justin Ross is out here running routes with Patrick Mahomes dropping back. So they got numbers. There's too many Justins. Justin Ross, Justin Watson, John Ross, John Ross. I mean, I I, I I've gotten so close to be like Justin Ross. That ain't him. <laughs> Which one, Nate? Both. <laughs> that ain't him. So there's a there's a lot of numbers. You know, I think Sky Moore. Um, he said he doesn't know what his role is on the offense yet. And I was like, to be fair, it's early. But they got you in the slot quite a bit, my man. So, okay. Do you think? Do you think? You know? Um, so, yeah. It, it's the, the disappointing part is that they built this entire offseason for Kadarius Tony to go through the full program of, of the offseason program. Of the mandatory mini camps, and, or mandatory mini camp, and then of course training camp, uh, and uh, that last part's not happening probably. <sighs> Makes me kind of sad. What <laughs> uh, doesn't make me kind of sad? We got a few minutes left here, right? We got a little bit of time to stretch our legs. You want? Know you know what gave me hope today? And Nate, you 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 are at least gonna know, I think, because you got to bask in the radiance. You know, what, you know what brings me back to life right now? What makes me believe that things will get better and that today wasn't all doom and gloom? We got an 
absolute mid-season form performance from Steve Spagnuolo today. <laughs> Spags pressers are back and they genuinely just bring me so much pure joy. Uh, he opened up by some sort of conversation about never knowing exactly what day or time it is. And it's just like, I, I didn't hear the first like five seconds of, of how that all began, Nate, but we joined in progress to him just saying, you know, something I'd start in the morning and then it's the afternoon, it's on the afternoon and it's the morning. So I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> and it was just like, oh God, we, like, we made it. We really did. It's we're actually here. Um, and then he proceeded to um, to talk about uh, his wife being upset. He's not going to wear enough sunscreen. He's got a sunburn on his forehead now and all of that. Again, he's a treasure. He really and, is. And and then for me, there were a few things. I've got like a whole bullet point list of things from him in particular that I thought was fascinating. But the, the obvious screaming unsubtle takeaway that I had is that we're going to see a whole lot of Drew Tranquil this year. And I'm not against it. I'm just telling you it's happening. Uh, was there was that the uh, the lead for you out of Spags' presser, Nate? Or uh, do I need to to go down the list of, of all the things he said about about him? <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's quite the love affair right now. It's quite the honeymoon between uh, <laughs> Steve Spagnuolo and Drew Tranquil. Um you know they're they're rotating quite a bit, and I, I I sort of wrote that even before training camp started. Just like, hey, the way this is looking, it looks like it's going to be a real rotation, and uh, and you're starting to see that. And I think, in a weird way, um, it might bring some relief to Nick Bolton because maybe Nick Bolton won't have to be on the field all day every day. Um, you know, bring in terms of his, to more people than just Nick Bolton, perhaps. Um, but yeah, like it's. It's possible that that by the end of camp, you kind of know. Okay, Drew Tranquil is going to, you know, he's he's going to be involved. Um, he's going to play, you know, a multitude of personnel packages, and I think for Spagnolo, a lot of this now is uh, how are we managing the front? Obviously, that involves Chris, and then um, I think he's also trying to make sure that the secondary has just a good a camp as last year, where obviously they were just feeding these rookies back then so many reps. And now um, it's more about polishing with Trent McDuffie and, you know, uh, Justin, excuse me, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. There's a lot of J's. Um, <laughs> you know, Brian Cook is now, uh, you know, the starting safety along Justin Reed. Um so it's a lot of polishing in the secondary. It's uh, trying to manage the fronts with him and Joe Collin. And then I think his experimentation is happening with the linebackers. So, Seth, when I tell you that today Steve Spagnuolo talked about Drew Tranquil's positional versatility, that he stepped right in and, like, this is this is a paraphrase, but the, the term I will use here is taken straight from, from the words of Steve Spagnuolo like he'd already been here for three years. Playing different positions now, going to probably play all three, plus sub-packages. Those are all things that Spag said specifically about Tranquil today, Seth. What does that do for you and your view of this linebacker group? I'm excited about the linebacker group. I think they have talent. Um, they uh, <laughs> With Tranquil, they've got a guy who doesn't have either of Gay's or Bolton's weaknesses in coverage. Um, Bolton's weaknesses being uh, his change of direction is less than ideal. Um, his range is less than ideal. And Gay, um, who 
when he's when he's on point is tremendous in coverage. Um, but he he what's the he takes the cheese a little too often, right? He he falls for some play action fakes a little more than you'd like. He gets a little overzealous at times. Um, and so it makes sense to me that Tranquil would be on the field. I, I personally, and and we've talked about this at length before. I think that by having Bolton be the dime linebacker last year, they were setting him up to fail on some snaps. And some of the coverage duties that they handed off to him that were a little more than what I think he should be doing, at least based on what he's shown so far, was part of why Joe Burrow was like, oh, I'm going to throw to the middle of the field like 20 times in a row, and you're not going to be able to do a thing about it. And then it happened. Um, Tranquil is a guy who can help with that a lot. He's a good coverage backer. He was a safety in college. He's got good athleticism, um, really good instincts, and he was always going to be a guy that Spags loved because he's a very smart linebacker. Um, The thing for me that I'm really curious about is what they do because I have not been shy about saying that I think Willie Gay Jr. is probably the best overall linebacker in Kansas City, and I think that was true last year too, and I think it was true in the Super Bowl. I think it was true in plenty of games, um, and that's not because I don't like Nick Bolton. But every just... time, every time you vaguely criticize Nick Bolton, it sounds like you're whispering it, hoping Mizzou Chiefs fans just won't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it just—I try to be so careful because, like, what what comes back so often is like, "Well, he's rated this in Madden," or what, "Did you not see the Super Bowl?" Yes, I, I have reviewed the film in the Super Bowl probably a dozen times. And so, and that's not like a flex. I mean, anyone that does my job should have done that by now, right? It was the Super Bowl. And Willie Gay Jr. was the best linebacker on the field in the Super Bowl by a solid margin. And if you want to talk about like fumbles bouncing into someone's hands, that's a very different thing than covering Devonta Smith in space for five seconds so Colin Saunders can chase Hurts out of bounds. There's, there's, there's different things there, right? Bolton played a good Super Bowl too, though. So I'm, you know. The whole linebacker room was important to that win. But the big thing is, I'm speaking it loud from the chest now. <laughs> um, the big thing for me is that Tranquil's skill set, in theory, could be additive to Gaze and Bolton's. It could replace either Gaze or Bolton's. And the Chiefs have shown they're not pulling Nick Bolton off the field. At least they didn't last year, like at all. So unless they're going to have Tranquil be like, you know, the dime guy, um, we're going to see a reduction in Willie Gay Jr. snaps. I'm not a big fan of that because it, it makes the whole group less athletic. The one thing I'm excited to see would be, okay, they, they've kind of reformulated the defense in the past. What if they like all three linebackers a lot and they've got a couple guys that you can keep on the field against the pass I'd love to see them find a way to say, no, we're going to stick with three linebackers more often uh, because Tranquil and Gay can both do some coverage stuff that not a lot of linebackers can. I would love to see that kind of creativity. I have some real concerns about Spags, who's, who's a very good defensive coordinator, by the way. I'm really happy he's in Kansas City. But he has shown a tendency to, when he's got guys that he views as, you know, kind of the cerebral guy, he will play them over a guy with more talent. And that's just truth. That's why Juan Thornhill lost snaps to Dan Sorensen. It's why, crud, why Willie Gay Jr. lost snaps to Anthony Hitchens. 
Um, it, it's why they treated Hitchens like a star when anyone watching was like, he's okay. But, and that's, so I have a fear there. I'm excited they're excited about Tranquil. I think that one flew under the radar. He has an opportunity to really help the defense and kind of fill in some gaps that needed filling in. But my fear is you're also going to be taking good players off the field to get there. Well, I'm looking at my list of topics here, guys, and good news. It's looking like another episode of Time is Ours, and we don't even acknowledge the fact that you both wrote really good, really in-depth, really different pieces on Trent McDuffie like a month and a half ago. Uh, <laughs> we can just put that one right back in the hopper and deal with that some other day because we're out of time. There's a lot more, of course, coming from training camp that you can see from Nate as it hits the athletic. I know he's working on something all right now, so uh, there might be a new story coming around around the time this, this show gets up- uploaded. I don't know, if Nate, if that'll be tomorrow morning or, or what the timeline is, but you're going to have all sorts of stuff going to theathletic.com uh, as training camp rolls on. Plus, Seth is in mid-season form in the Chief in the North newsletter. Wrote a little bit. Uh, that was this morning, right? I listened to it this morning, but th- dropped this morning about the uh, what does and doesn't matter in uh, in training camp around these times. And there's some stuff that we talked about that certainly matters and some stuff that may not, but uh, must read things, both Nate recently on Chris Jones and Seth on uh, how to kind of translate training camp required reading for Chiefs fans anywhere and uh, I imagine we'll do another episode of this show uh, about this time next week when uh, Chris Jones and and, uh, and Kadarius Tony will both either be on the field for the Chiefs or have completely been snapped out of existence and we won't even remember them but that's just sort of the way uh, things have been trending to this point anything else Seth before we let Nate take it out of here I am just wow man I just got a text from my wife saying we're gonna eat without you then <laughs> so yes, please, Nate, take it away. This is such an on-brand episode. Um, it really is. No, um, real quick. Uh, obviously, as we truly begin another season, um, I just want to say thank you because uh, we're back, and uh, who knows where this season's gonna go. But if you are dying to somehow come up to St. Joseph, Missouri, are you gonna be there up there much, uh, Josh? Am I gonna am I gonna get to to hug you in, in person while we sweat. <laughs> I don't know actually, uh, because the uh, the radio show's in the middle of the day now for me. So I, I don't, know I don't know how much I'll make it up there this year. Actually. Hey, you got that you got that nice drive time real estate, baby. Yeah. Ah, lunch hour, come at me. Um. <laughs> well, anyway, if you are coming to Chiefs training camp, um, and you happen to see me and you want to say hello, please, please, please do. It, it's always um, a lovely experience. I, I can't thank you guys enough for listening to our nonsense uh, sprinkled in with hopefully some information and, and, and well-thought perspective and analysis. Um, yeah, I mean, <sighs> dog, it was it was a long summer. But we here now. And, you know, I know some people have reached out on Twitter already. Shout out to my guy, Michael Reed, um, when, they, when they tell me they're going to plan to come to camp. So, um, if you want to send me a, a DM um, saying you want to come to camp, you want to hang out, please let me know. Um, I can't guarantee if Josh or Seth is going to be there, but at least you got me sweating my you-know-what's off, <laughs> hopefully in a Kansas City 1942 Monarchs cap. Um, but, yeah, I mean, people are people are really nice. Uh, Lori Sh- uh, Schwartz, I got to give her a lot of credit. Uh, saw her at the Royals game, and we were like, wow, they're beating the Rays. For now. <laughs> like, and Lori was like, so when does Chief 
Kim started to get just just a few more days, Lori. Just a few <laughs> more days. Um, shout out to my guy Ryan Murray. Uh, obviously the list could go on, but I, I just I, I did want to take some time to to sort of uh give those people, um, you know, a chance to perhaps hear their voice and just know that like, um, man, it's 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 really nice to be back. It is it is really nice to be back in St. Joseph. I talk about how much I sweat, but I do enjoy it. Already, people are making. Hopefully, people are already enjoying the idea that like no person with a with a high quality camera could cut out my uh, laughter and loud voice <laughs> uh, because things happen, and I get really excited about them because it's football and it's America and it's St. <laughs> Joe, uh, lovely St. Joe. So, um. I don't know what, yeah, I know we talked about this last time. I don't know what the schedule will be, Josh, but obviously some things happen. So uh, it, it kind of worked out on our Monday schedule anyway. But yeah, as more things occur, um, we'll be around. And yeah, thank you for subscribing to The Athletic. Thank you for uh, listening to us. And yeah, I, I I don't know if there's anything fun because, you know, Chris, Kadarius, Seth's worrying about the linebackers already. Um, but I just want to remind you that, yes, the team you root for still has Patrick Mahomes, and it's still very early in the training camp, and I'm sure Josh is going to do something really, really funny that will keep you coming back, because that's what he does. But in the meantime, um, I, I, I guess I guess we'll see what's next because like I, I don't know man this camp is already off to a weird start <laughs> but thank you and uh i don't know josh you got anything to say before we let these people um do something else with their lives no i'm gonna go ahead and cut it off here and i'll send you my check for fifty thousand dollars ah that's right that's right um yeah ab- about that i know it says per day yeah, it, it really doesn't. It, we, we're not going to honor that. You want 50000 a day? I mean, I'll take what I can get. I think I might be homeless, so I will do it. <laughs>